0: Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. The mission of Dealing with Goliath is to sharpen the psychological edge of negotiation and high-impact conversations for business leaders with skin in the game who want to be more effective under pressure, uncover hidden value, and increase profitability. With expert guests across the business spectrum, we deliver gems of wisdom, delving into their methods, their thinking, and approach to business life and to problem-solving. This is the Grande Cup of Insight, long-form podcast interview, where we take a little bit more time to delve a little bit deeper into our guests' experiences, stories, and to get those priceless nuggets. I'm your host, Al McBride, and my guest today is Rob Begg. Rob helps high-achieving entrepreneurs align mind, body, and spirit to attain next-level performance with ease, certainty and speed welcome to the show rob great to have you here thank you Al. great to be here thank you for the invitation uh, well i'm g- very glad you, you come on this is going to be a very interesting conversation for me because uh you you you're a little bit you are distinctly different to dare i say your average executive uh, high-flying executive coach who works wonders for, for business and entrepreneurial people? Um, you, you've recently had a little bit of an epiphany, if you don't mind me bringing it up. You recently wrote a great post entitled At 54 Years Old and Finally Coming Out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Could you just tell the audience about what that is and what, what that sudden, uh, sudden revelation was?
1: Uh, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't really a sudden revelation or an epiphany, Al, but, uh, as such, but, um, so well, sorry, there, well, as,
0: as, as how you speak about yourself. It, it, say, uh, yeah.
1: Yes. Um, so you referred a moment ago to executive coaching and, and traditional executive or business coaching. And I did that for a number of years after selling my business and, uh, it led me on a path, if you like, to the true origin of outcomes. And, um, the the email that you referred to just now about uh coming out at the age of fifty-four um was really a reference to um the fact that the origin of outcomes is spiritual in nature. It's uh, it's not ever to do with what we're doing as such it's to do with our state of being and uh, whilst I've spent a lot of time around mindset coaching traditional mindset coaching and so on in order to really shift the trajectory of our results we've got to get behind the mind which is an identity piece it's about understanding the truth about who we really are so it's spiritual in the true essence of the word and the other reason for writing that email was that I, I fully acknowledge, appreciate, and respect that a lot of people are closed off to this whole notion of spirituality and so on, because they perceive it to be and understandably so, they perceive it to be woo-woo and ethereal and for you know for people that want to sit on cushions all day. And that's absolutely fine. But we're all spiritual beings nonetheless, whether we accept it or deny it or or are open to it or close to it, we're spiritual beings nonetheless. Um but the reason for that email was that I'd rather push against the door that's slightly open than a door that's fully closed. I respect people's uh, choices and and so on. So I thought I would just come out and speak my truth about the fact that what I really do is, is spiritual first, mind, body, and spirit, not, not mind and body, which is the mind and body, the domain of most coaching and support interventions. Very much. And
0: from, you're raving successful fans you have a huge amount of uh, for people who've worked with you and i've 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 come across a few of them. they have not been uh, rob's good rob's great they've raving fans I think would be uh, a fairer description because they have such remarkable leaps, significant shifts, as you say in their state of being and now some people will be thinking well. What do you mean by state of being, Rob? So, so give us a little insight on that one. Like, what does that mean to you? <laughs> uh,
1: that, that's a great question, actually. And I'm not even sure I've been I've been asked that before. But so, when we when we go back to um, where do I, where do I start with this? When we go to the truth about who we really are, who we really are is is unconditioned consciousness. Uh, but we've all been conditioned on our life's journey, you know, unwittingly by our parents or early childhood influencers. We've been given messages bef- at an aging stage in our life before we had the ability to think for ourselves or to reject ideas. So many of us were told that money's hard to earn, or if you want to earn a lot of money, you've got to work really hard, or X, Y, and Z, if you've got to get a real job. and Got to hustle to survive. Been... <laughs>
0: this kind of yes, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And we've been conditioned and, and programmed and i've already forgotten the question you asked me but we've been conditioned and programmed and because of because of who we are what's what's conditioned into our consciousness plays out in our experience and it's playing out in our experience ultimately for our benefit to wake us up to the truth about who we are about how powerful we are so if if our experience is that money's hard to earn if that's actually our direct experience, or is hard to hang on to, or that, if that's our direct experience, the only reason for that is that it's in our consciousness, but it's probably subconscious. And the reason it's in our experience is to help us to become conscious of it so that we can change it. It's, it's really a story that we're running in our, in our mind that's playing out on the screen of our, our own very own movie. And if we want to change what's playing out on the screen, we've got to change what we're putting in the projector. And uh, we can do that in two ways. We can do it in the more traditional mindset coaching kind of way, which is change the beliefs and hammer your subconscious with affirmations and all the rest of it, which is pretty much pretty exhausting. And it's also a form of suppression that ignores some of what needs to come up and be released. Or we can go to the truth about who we are, which is our true identity, pure, unconditioned consciousness, And then we can connect with what it is we we really do desire to play out in our lives. And
0: Uh, how does one start to do that? Like (laughs) I know I'm getting a little bit into your process here, but I'm going to be because I am fascinated by it. Because this is something we talked about before the call, where as we said, there are only two times in my life where change was almost immediate. And was stayed changed ever since. Yes. And we mentioned this too. One was doing the Wim Hof method. I had uh, viral vertigo, which has all sorts of stuff connected with that unpleasantness. But it, And Wim Hof helped me immensely. But the cold showers, the breathing, the mindset, I just took to it. Yes. And I do it every day for, yes. I don't know, even four or five years now. Without thinking, it's automated. Yes. The other was when a, a colleague of mine, we did a coaching swap and he was a personal trainer. And I mentioned this briefly to you. You know, I lost 22 pounds, 10 kilos in less than four weeks and kept it off ever since. Yes. And again, there was just something where it just clicked the diet changed, the, the, I was in the gym or whatever I was doing, but we didn't even talk about running or lifting weights or any of the tactical things. Yes. It was much more about identity-based yes. revelations. And I'm not even sure what he did. I just found myself <laughs> in the gym, like the second the yes. third week in a row, going, I didn't think I was a gym guy. Shit, I must be a gym guy. I'm looking in the mirror, and there's a guy that looks like me holding weights. And I'm like, this feels really good. What yes. is going on? So. The identity shift uh, I was doing the actions before the identity shifted so I'm just wondering help me out here wh- what's going on there and yes. how and, and, and so, is it connected to what you're talking about or are we talking about two quite separate
1: uh, no it's a, it's absolutely connected out yeah so, so we're, we're conditioned and we believe and we perceive that that we're in charge of our thinking and we're in charge of our doing and our actions and then we give ourselves a hard time when we don't when we're not able to necessarily align our Our behaviors with our intentions and so on but the reality is that we're human beings there's a clue in the name and it's our state of being our identity that drives all of our thinking and our doing and our subsequent having and our experience so if we want to set ourselves up for and our state of being will always move us to take action to think and to take action in ways that replicate the state of being so if we're, if we're in a state of being, and maybe an example would be, would be helpful um, in a moment, but if we're in a state of being of like, not, not enough, I've not got enough clients, I've not got enough money, uh, I, need, I need to do something, we, we can throw ourselves into action, which in the moment feels like we're going to create an outcome that's in harmony with our desires. And we, we may get an outcome that, that uh, gives us a, some temporary relief. But if the state of being is, I've not got enough clients, I've not got enough clients, and we can do all the action in the world, but we're still going to come back around to, I've not not got enough clients, not got enough clients. In the same way that if we stand in front of the mirror and say, I must lose weight, I must lose weight, I I need to get fitter, we might join the gym and we might go to the gym for a week, but the the likelihood is we're going to stop going to the gym and we're going to keep eating the foods that cause us to retain the weight because we're in the state of being the person who wants to lose weight. And being in the state of being that person, whether it's weight, money, relationships, is going to perpetuate the state. But of course, because we're conditioned the way we are, we blame things outside of us. Like, oh, well, the, I've got too much on at work, so I couldn't get to the gym. I've got this, or I was invited to a wedding, so that was the only food available, etc., etc., etc. And we, we point to the outside world for, for cause when actually it's our state.
0: Right. It, this is something previous guests said, that when you realize who you are, the decisions are easy. So yes. This guy was big into, uh, Paul was big into uh, health and um, not quite bodybuilding, but that kind of area. So his whole thing was when the option of do you want to have an alcoholic drink? He's like, no, I don't do that. Just like a, yes. a, as a Muslim, th- it's automated. Yes, I am yes, this. I am my religion. My religion is me. Uh, I'm the sort of person who then, therefore, it's it's a shortcut of no, I don't. Yes, the <laughs> same. But for him, <laughs> yes. it was for him it was that, but with diet. Like it was, oh, I don't put that in my body because. He yes. was living as if his body was a temple, right?
1: <laughs> yes, because his state of being was such, and therefore you don't rely on willpower, because willpower is a finite result, uh, a finite resource. But yeah, it, your your state, everything's automatic from your state, everything. And of course, the key then is to is to be able to maintain m- maintain and embody a state that's in harmony with your desires. That's that's really what I teach, so if you like. Th- this is the root in. Rob, this is the root in, but how how do you then
0: find out what this true self is? Because this is sounds very familiar to, you know, there's an awful lot of research, particularly out of uh, out of uh, several universities now in the states on MDMA therapy and LSD therapy and these sort of things. Yes. And they have amazing success rates from helping people quit nic- nicotine to drug addiction, alcoholism. And people kind of wonder, how can it be useful in all these things? And what, they suggest, what the evidence seems to show is it turns off what's called the default mode network, or at least turns the volume way down. Yeah. Default mode network for a lot of people, it's our internal voice. It's our chattering voice. And they say that that allows our true voice, which is usually very quiet, to yes. actually speak, and people hear
1: who they truly are. Is this again what we're talking about here, Rob? That Part, partly, so partly. You know, at the risk of getting maybe too ethereal for for some of your listeners. Right. You know, who 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 we really are. We we can only really understand that experientially. In the same way that I can't teach you how to drive a car in a classroom. You, you only ever know that you can drive when you've got behind the wheel of the car and you're actually out on the open road. Until then, it's an intellectual um, an intellectual exercise, which That's is right. one of the reasons people, people turn to books, self-development and personal development books and all the rest of it, and read all these books. And in the moment, those books feel like they're helping us. But fast forward in time, and we find that actually the books haven't really shifted, helped us shift the trajectory of our lives much. Because what all we're really doing is soothing, soothing the very part of us, our ego, when we read the book, the very part of us that wants to maintain the status quo, uh, but but is equally clever at kidding us on the, that we're on the path to change. So experience is is really key, and we've got to get to do that. We've got to get behind the mind and do the one thing that most people don't want to do, which is to take their awareness away from the contents of their experience and and to go go within you know joseph murphy said the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek uh, right. and it absolutely does but of course what happens out for us the reason we don't want to go there is because we identify as being a body uh, sorry a, a body and a mind a body with a mind and the analogy i often use with with clients is if you were a, a an illusionist and you, you're, that was your career, and you got on stage every, every night in front of a large audience to perform this grand illusion, and you got paid at the end of the night, and you, that money, you paid your mortgage and fed the kids and all the rest of it, you were reliant on that, that income. So if you're on stage one night and uh, you see somebody in the audience getting up from the chair and sneaking around the back of the stage with a view to finding out how you perform this illusion what do you think you're inclined to want to do?
0: Right, it doesn't mix
1: very well. Well, you're inclined to want to do everything in your power to get them to sit back down. Exactly. Because if they break the illusion, your career is over. At least that's how you perceive it. So that's what goes on for us when we seek seek to discover our true identity, our ego, our mind and body, is is hugely threatened by that and the fear the overriding fear is fear of death okay but it's it's the ego's fear of death it's not actually death we we, that's another conversation but that's why people are so resistant to spending time going within and getting to the truth but of course we don't we don't We don't realize that. We just say, well, I'm I'm too busy. It didn't work for me. I can't meditate. I can't do this. And I I don't teach that we need to spend hours meditating. I teach about embodying states of consciousness, but from an understanding. But that's the reason people don't want to go there. That's the reason people dismiss it. It's too scary. And yet it's the key to to freedom because what everybody's looking for, what everybody's chasing in the outside world is happiness. Everybody's thinking, well, when I have this amount of money in the bank or happiness, security, safety, et cetera, when I have this, then I'll be happy.
0: When I've done this, then I'll be
1: happy. And the reason everybody's chasing happiness is it's because it's who we are. It's our natural state. We can can be happy all of the time, not to say that we don't get bumped around by our our human adventure from time to time, but that that never who who we really are never leaves us, and who we really are at source is love. I think the Beatles said, "Love is all there is," didn't they? Was it the Beatles? I Forget sure. my ignorance on that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all you need is love. Exactly,
0: exactly. So, sorry.
1: Go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Was, no,
0: go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to just touch on well, how, uh, you know, if I'm working with high performing entrepreneurs, well, how does that all tie in? And the the hmm. the reason it the. Um, the way it ties in is that if we have an aspiration, a desire, that desire is actually given to us by our true self for us to experience. So all we've got to do is learn how to get out of the way. So when, when entrepreneurs and uh, those who want to take their success to the next level, um, when, I, when I meet with them or they speak with me, it's really all that's required is to take them to an understanding of, of who they are and how their imagination works. Um, and, and then... They can get whatever they want. So, so you're saying that their very desires,
0: or the struggle, so to speak, is the clue to unlocking the struggle.
1: <laughs> yes, it's. It's. Um, I think. I think the all the all the rules for the game, playing the game of life, are, are hidden in the paradoxes. But uh, the the key is to learn how to accept our desires, because what we're what we do is we, we reject them or we condition them. I'm going back to the start of this conversation now is when, you know, do do you drink coffee, Al?
0: I do enjoy coffee.
1: So you have a cup of coffee in your hand in the morning. And if you go back to where that started, how did it end up in your experience? Well, the the answer to that is that you had, you imagined you had a, you had a desire for a cup of coffee and you accepted that desire. Oh yeah. Have a cup of coffee. It came. It came into your mind as a desire, and you accepted it. And then you were moved to do everything you needed to do in order to experience the coffee. Right. What you didn't have to do was go. Well, actually, I need to. I need to just check. That there's water in, the, water in the kettle first. Then, what if there's no electricity in the wall? What if I turn the kettle on and it doesn't work? Maybe I've not got enough coffee in the jar. You didn't. You didn't go through all that.
0: Sure.
1: You just accepted the desire, and it works exactly the same for big things as small things because it's only us from our ego perspective that puts the label on whether it's big or small anyway.
0: That that, that's very interesting because it reminds of it's actually I think Tony Robbins, I think was somebody like that talking about why some people find it so easy. Again, the health thing you know, you, you ask someone who doesn't really want to go to the gym but is forcing themselves to. Yes. And they'll mention 42 steps that are irritating. Like, oh, I have to pack the bag and then I have to get in the yes. car and I have to go to the gym and then I have to get a locker and I have to change. And all of these irritations, all yes. uh, which are all building to an excuse to not do it at some point in the future. Yes, from the a person, stasis,
1: stasis. Yeah.
0: right. For the person who either, the, and I use the gym as a one example of whatever it is people like to do. Some people love going jogging and they hate gyms. That's fine. But it's that same point of other people go there because they want what it feels like there. You know, yes. they, like, I, I understand that feeling, that little endorphin buzz that you get from doing something that your body feels difficult and your mind goes, oh, that was good. You know, <laughs> as you said, so you, you kind of, unless there's amazing barriers in the way, you'll go, no, I want to do that. That's perfectly fine. And as you said, you, you, is it a level of acceptance? As you said, you, you, you accept the desire.
1: You set the desire, and then you move in uh, as a function of the acceptance of the desire. You move into the state of being the person who already has it, and therefore you are then moved to do what's required of you in order to have this physical experience. So it's spiritual, mental, physical, Spir- sure. spiritual. Spiritual. Think- well, yeah, it's a bit of a bit we, of a loop. Here's
0: a question, and this has plagued me. <laughs> I'm sure it's plagued a lot of people. Is what I. I, I uh, Jokingly referred to it as the Leonardo effect. So, da Vinci started a thousand projects, but he didn't really finish all that many of them. Now, part of it was maybe procrastination, part of it maybe was a little bit of bright, shiny objects in from back in the day. But I'd, being fair to him, having read some of his biographies and things, I don't think that was, I think he just did things to his own satisfaction. But it was the same thought of, uh, oh, I've kind of worked that out. And you get that dopamine rush. It's like that, um, what I'm saying is that there's there's two blo- blocks of evidence. Like, if you have a goal or objective, should you tell people or not? And some evidence says, oh, you should tell loads of people because then it's accountability. And then you'll want to do it so that you're, you know, in alignment yes. with who you say you are to others. Whereas loads of people say that's nonsense because by saying you did it, you, you get the the dopamine rush of the victory. But without having to actually do the action, and then people just procrastinate and put it off. So what's missing in that equation? Um, Is that ego? Is that because of what you were talking about earlier that the ego fires the little rewards, but you you're not actually shifted to that person who does that? Is that the difference?
1: Um, I think I think you've taken the lid off a, little, <laughs> taken little. a little, Um <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it's a big conversation now. So The acceptance of our desires, uh, where where do I start? So the acceptance of our desires, we have desires, ultimately. Desires arise because we've momentarily forgotten who we are. We we have desires, and let let me backpedal. Mm -hmm. So when we reside in who we really are, in, in pure, unconditioned awareness, what we experience as a function of that is happiness, bliss, contentment. When we have a desire for something in the world, call it a new car or a house or building a business, that desire springs from a momentary forgetfulness of who we are, from, from our perception that we, we're lacking something, from the awareness of, oh, I don't have that, I'd like it. So so there's a sense of a lack of fulfillment which can only arise from not residing in who we are. When we accept the desire, when we go, oh, I accept that, in the same way we accept having a cup of coffee, that leads us back in feeling back to who we are. And when we accept the desire, we also get to experience it, but we're no longer chasing it out of some sense of lack. We don't need it in our lives anymore because we're already fulfilled. But it's it's the already being fulfilled that opens the door for us to be able to have it. But because this world that we live in is a mirror of what's going on in our consciousness, Mm -hmm. what happens when, if we have a big goal for something and I'm I'm absolutely a fan of, of goals we're here for experience. So I'm absolutely a fan of going after what, what it is we want, but going after it from the point of it being a true heartfelt desire rather than an ego based, I need that in order to prop up my lack of set or my lack of sense of self or my lack of self-worth. So, (laughs) <laughs> Where was I? So um, lost my lost my thread. It's
0: fascinating, as you said, that it's when you notice the desire. Say it's to. Oh, oh, I, I'm trying to give a t- think of a typical example that some of your clients might like. Earn that next huge contract, right? From some yes.
1: huge, huge business opportunity. Double my income, work half is quite common,
0: right? This kind of thing, right? And it's, it's that very desire that, that, oh, no, I'm enough already. Which strangely takes that ego pressure off of that, oh, I must have it. Otherwise, I'm not enough.
1: Yes. Right.
0: And it, so is that the awareness that you're, you're, you're literally, you're not just thinking, you're feeling, you're realizing truly that, no, I'm enough as I am right now.
1: Yeah, you, you you're, yeah, and who, who you already are has that already has that desire. It's coming from within who you are. So, right. but yes, that's essentially it. And when when we when we accept the desire and we come back to our fulfilled whole state of being, the, then then we open the doorway for the for the experience of that desire in our physical experience because we, we're we're no longer resisting it through our egoic sense of lack because it ultimately ultimately it's all it's all energy anyway. So Indeed. Without resisting or allowing. This,
0: uh, a friend of mine many years ago explained why the secret was both true and bullshit at the same time. Yes. And the point was was that when people are using their ego to try and attract stuff, oh, I want a new car and a big Mac mansion and all this rubbish, you're never going to get it because you're coming from a place of lack. Whereas when you bring it from, as you say, your heart's desire, then you tend to gravitate toward these, what externally people look at and say, wow, you've gone to this whole other level. How did you do that? Because they're asking yes. probably both from both perspectives, but it, it looks like this amazing ego charge, but in actual fact, it was the opposite.
1: Yes. And, and I don't teach the law of attraction at all. No, no, um, I know Just that. to be clear I mean, of that. But, um, but, I, but, you know, I, I do teach a I teach something which is the the law of assumption that actually everything is our consciousness, our our self pushed out. We don't we don't attract as such, but um, but yes, you're you're right. It's a whole conversation um, right there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, of course the ego gets a grip of that when I say everything is our self pushed out. The ego gets a grip of that and says, "What me, brought back the mind and the body? No, I'm talking about our true self, our true identity, pushed out in our experience." Through through our finite mind.
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah, this is a little off topic, but I I was in Japan a few years ago. And the last night there, myself and friend were were talking to these two Japanese chaps, a very interesting guys. And I said to one of them, I said, like, this is one of the most highly packed in cities in the world, in Tokyo. Yet everybody, nobody hits against each other ever. They just glide by almost mm. effortlessly. And he said to me, <laughs> I never <laughs> forget it. He said to me, when you realize you're a little God and I realize I'm a little God, then we can just flow gently by each other with no mm. problems. And That's he it. said, not the God, not a big God, just a little God. <laughs> I thought, wow, okay, <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> But there's a little bit of that, though, isn't there? That's not an ego a, thing. It's, it's realizing thing. Your, your true expanse and, and potential greatness, and then
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And you don't need to knock by other people when you're rushing. You really the train. don't.
1: Yeah, you really do.
0: Um, very interesting.
1: There's, there's so many things going on there, Rob. My, my brain is sort of like <laughs> yeah. stuck. Well, well, I wonder whether we should ground it a bit and, and bring it back into... Let's
0: bring it back down, yeah. yeah. So where, where do we bring that back down? Where, where do we start well, bringing that back to earth? Because this... And let, let me just reiterate, and I should reiterate this as earlier. You help your clients get stunningly substantial business increases if, if you you know my my as i often say to clients you always need to sell it to the psychopath in the room you know the cold economist bit so yeah, it's no. great to have all the meaning and all the great all that and that i'm not de- denigrating that for a second but just on the actual results side your work gets truly remarkable results so and this is why i want to just re reground it in that that because we yeah. were going all very esoteric and i'm, I'm all good with that but as you said, yeah. Let let's bring it back down to to, to earth.
1: Yes, because you're right, you're absolutely right. My clients come to me because they want a tangible, measurable outcome in some way, shape, or form. Right. A, lo- a lot of the time, it's around money and business. Not not always. Um, sometimes health. Um, okay. But but yes, they want they want they want something in their experience that they can put in the bank, measure, spend, travel with, whatever. It's and- it's, it's real do you do you read do you hear that request
0: and understand and, and empathize with that ego and then do you hear an underlying request as well
1: or, or how do you deal with that uh, yeah i think you know we need we need ego ego's not the enemy so there's no judgment on my part ego's not the enemy we need ego for our human adventure for for this ex- to have experience so the mind and the body are a requirement for objective experience so there's nothing wrong with having an aspiration to build a huge business, double your income, work half, travel the world, uh, big cars, big houses. I'm absolutely all in favor of that. I guess where I come at it from is that if if you're looking to those things to be happy, you're going to find that they're not going to provide what you're looking for for very long. So whilst most personal development teachers will support you to, 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 to understand how to go and get those things, you know, which is typically in the form of, you know, set a goal, yeah, goals take second, massive action, through. all the rest of it. The realization of those, objective, um, of, of those objective goals is not going to support you to get what you really want. So where I come at it is I support clients to get the tangible measurables that they're looking for, big house, big card, business income, whatever, but from a foundation of, knowing who they truly are and residing in that awareness so that a they get what they want much more quickly without the effort and personal exertion and exhaustion but they're not coming at it from a sense of lack and i'm not good enough and i'm not happy until i have they can actually enjoy their life (laughs) whilst they're whilst they're growing up now Ah. now now.
0: and talk us through that then so what actually changes, like, if, you, if I was to look at their calendar, which this is literally where they spend their time. Now, I've used calendar yeah. as, you know, what they're doing, their day-to-day yeah. experience. What has changed? Like, why are they not working 60 hours a week anymore?
1: Well, what will change for them, Alan, will be very subjective. It will be determined by what it is they desire. So that's that's kind of stage two, if you like that. There's three phases in working with clients. First is identity and um, awareness. The second is well, equipped with that awareness and understanding of who you are. What is it you now want? And then the third is aligning those two parts. But you know, not some people are very very happy working long hours, and it, it's, they it's, the so, it's they love the process. They love the yeah, the and it's so subjective. So yeah. I've got some clients that that just come to me and say i just want to earn the same amount of money but i work half the time great or some would say i want to earn more in a month than i currently earn in a year and i want to work about the same number of hours and some say i want to just earn more money but and and not do what i'm doing uh, so it's all about what changes is what's imp- what what they start to entertain in consciousness what the, the they start to tell a new story in consciousness and get emotionally involved in it. So it's using imagination in the way that it's designed to be used. And then that, that gets expressed or pushed out in their experience.
0: That's fascinating because when someone asks, like, what one book would I recommend mm. uh, is, is a book all around narrative therapy and story yes. and how virtually every form of therapy when successful has managed to either overtly or covertly changed the client's story. Yes. <laughs> and, I, and I understand yes. that with my own identity stuff is that think if you, if just for everyone, anyone listening to it, you know, your, your identity is your story. It's how you explain who you are, what you do, how the world works and how all that stuff fits together in a neat little narrative. So, well, Talk to me about that. For, let's, let's dive into the, the story element in particular that I understand you're changing it, you're, you're hearing the desire, but moving it to a place of not of lack, but of, of interest, of fascination, of, of all of those uh, sides of desire. Yes. So, so what is changing in the story? Because you mentioned imagination. Is it yes. is it putting pictures in? You mentioned pictures too. Is it putting a well, picture in the head of the client that new ways no. are possible, or what? No, it's not at all. Okay. Uh, well,
1: well, it's not. It's not. I mean, that may be part of it, but um, I'm just wondering how deep a rabbit hole we go down here, Uh But um, as, as, uh, as deep as we can. So be, be, because, because of who we are, because of who we are, our stories play, our internal condition stories play out in our experience because who we are is infinite. So if I, if I feed my consciousness with, um, with, with, with money being easy to earn and I'm great at this, and I'm, then that will play out as my experience, just in the same way that, you know, the, and throughout the passage of time, all the great teachers have taught us this, that the stories we tell ourselves become our experience, um, you know, become who we think about and all that stuff. But it's, it's because of who we are. Um, so, an imagination is, is really all that there is. You know, if you go down the scientific route in quantum science, and I'm, I'm not a scientist and I'm not an expert on that, but if you go down what I would call modern, the modern science, the science of the last hundred and something years, you know, science tells us that everything is energy and actually dive into, dive into what appears to be solid and there's nothing there. Atoms are 99.999% space. Yeah. yeah energy empty space there's yeah. there's there's really nothing here it's a, it's a grand illusion so w- when we're when we're telling ourselves when we're imagining we th- we think we're imagining in our head in our in our in our body but it's not it's not our mind and body that are doing the imagining it's who we really are that's doing the imagining the perception and the awareness is that it's contained within our head but it's really not we, we, are, we are just a character on the screen of the movie. And, and who we really are is the screen.
0: <laughs> ah, a, a mind melter for people. But, you are know, you not need observing to, you, the screen. We are the you, you screen. Don't need right?
1: to get, you don't need to get into all of that to change your life. Right. To change your life, you need to really do three things, I guess. One, decide what it is you want much easier to do when you know who you are. Because most of us are making decisions on what we want based on our conditioning, Hmm. based on our limited concept of self. How do you know?
0: Because that sounds like a tricky one that a lot of people are really trying to do work on themselves or maybe they've been in therapy or coaching, whatever. And they think, well, this is what I truly want. As you said, they think they're getting toward that truer identity. Is there any kind of, indication that it might still be your ego just tricking you you know well yeah but uh, like how do you know you've gotten to pay dirt you know what I mean you're right down at the base level
1: well one of the things I hear a lot Al is people say Rob I I just don't know what I want I said well I know what you want (laughs) (laughs) and I'm being a bit I'm being a bit egotistical and flippant here but what people really want is time and money freedom doing what they love helping other people yeah
0: <laughs> I like, was gonna, that was going to be essentially my next question. Is it that simple? It's like, yes, it
1: is. Um, and then, and then you can, then you can, you can shape it. But really, if we, if we, if we f- go back to identity, which is why it's so key, and it's, and it's, sadly, it's just missing from most personal development, personal growth, mindset teachings. If we go back to identity and we embody how we want to feel, because that's what everybody's seeking. If we just stay true to that, we will be moved. To find our path in terms of what it is we want. Because to... we've been moved anyway. <laughs> we haven't no, actually. Absolutely.
0: It, it, you remind me of something that last week I, I was struggling with a particular question. I won't bore you with what it was, but I, I felt stuck and I felt, oh, I have two cr- t- crappy options that were just not, <laughs> they, they weren't good either way. And I was walking down the street, I could walk quite a lot, you know, to clear my head, listen to podcasts, or so the times just thinking, whatever. And I thought, what would the best version of me do here? And it was like, sub off the substitute bench, in popped whatever you want to call them, optimal Al. And immediately went, "There's the answer." Yes, I was like, "Yes, but of course." <laughs> You know, it was so obvious when I literally just said, what would that version think? What would they say? What would they think? What's the question? And I didn't even ask a question. Just that's the answer.
1: Yes. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Silly me, you know. Yeah, so cool, isn't it? Um, And I think I started an open loop there a minute ago. So three things we need to do. One is know what we desire. Um, Second is, well, to imagine what would imply that we already had it. Something, something after the event and then stay true to that desire in consciousness and we'll be moved to, to experience it. And people say, well, that just can't be the way it is. It can't be that simple. But, but it is that simple. No. We, we are just conditioned to make it bloody hard. How many, how many people do you know that, that are truly living a dream? Like, Very we're, conditioned, we're conditioned from early on to believe it's hard. We're, we're told at school, that if we want to survive in the outside world, we've got to really work really hard. And yet no, none of us have ever experienced an outside world. <laughs> we've, 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 never, we've never, and can never, have anything in our experience outside of our awareness of it. Uh, I, I, I so agree it's our inside that, world we need to worry about.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, the, one of the key questions I often ask clients when they're struggling with negotiation, is who are you negotiating with? And they say, oh, the other side, and then they say, oh, well, then there's the other side, and that person needs to sell it to that department, you know, if it's a bigger company or something. And it's like, yes, this is all true. And then you keep asking, and they keep saying. And then sooner or later they go, oh, and I'm negotiating with me. Yes. It's, you start you, The first negotiation is with yourself. Yes. Am I truly worth this? Why, why am I worth this? Knowing all of these things, which version of me is going to turn up? Am I going to be very aggressive? Am I going to be very friendly? Am I be, all of these, which version of me is going to turn up?
1: So it's the, that, one, that, the one that's already made the sale, preferably.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. That, that's what we have to do. And then, then, we're, then we're moved to do everything else, to say the things, to think the things, to do the things. Everything else looks after itself because we're not doing it anyway.
0: So we're not You're, doing it anyway. This is looping back to where we began very neatly. It, it's, oh, it's like, the illusion. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it is. So, we're, we're, just, we're just the avatar, if you like, and who we really are has the controls. But, but respects, back. but respects our ability to choose our state.
0: Right. So this is where we're sounding very esoteric. But yes, where what can people do other than reach out and work with you? I mean, robertbegg.com and just just. Throw in Rob Begg, Robert Begg into LinkedIn. Uh, uh, they'll obviously be in the show notes if you want to talk with Rob and, and potentially work with Rob. But Rob, what can a lot of people do to move um, in that direction? Should they be meditating more? Is there a certain question they should ponder? Is there books they should read, of course? What could they do to, to just even start moving in that direction?
1: I think that the... The most potent and simplest answer to that, Al, is to realize that it, our, our awareness is, where we're, we're placing our awareness with emotion is what gets pushed out in our experience. So being conscious of what we're choosing to be aware of moment to moment. Uh, now that's maybe a bit simplistic as an answer, but if I'm aware that I'm struggling, if, if I'm aware that I'm struggling and I need to get, More clients or I'm aware of a problem, I can only, from that state of awareness, I can only continue to perpetuate that experience. So what I've got to come back to at some point is, well, this is the experience, but what do I desire? And then I've got to take myself in my awareness to that desire. Like what do I, if I'm thirsty, what do I desire? I'd like a cup of coffee. Take myself to, ah, that feels good to have the coffee and what happens then is you open the mind you get the you open the mind to your true to allow your true identity to move you in your experience to that end whereas when we're in the when we're in the midst of something we're wrestling with we're 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 restricting it doesn't feel good you know when when we have an expansive thought it feels expansive when we allow ourselves to be we're, whereas when we get caught up in stuff that we're trying to wrestle with, it feels contracting. And the reason it feels contracting is because it is. We're, we're constricting our true self where the ego is getting in the way of our true self fulfilling our desires. And it's, it's a conditioning. So the answer really is to, is to remain aware of what we desire, not what we're faced with. Right. And to start to be, stay true to that.
0: That's fascinating. It's that constant recalibration.
1: Well, until, you're, until, you're, until you've shifted your state to being your new dominant dwelling place, which happens very quickly if we commit to it. But the, the thing that we have to be aware of is when we, when we shift into a new state of being, let's say we've been in a state of uh, lack for however many years, of not enough, struggling, whatever, we shift into a state of abundance and plenty, what has been residing in our consciousness has to come, has to come up uh, for, for us to transcend. It's a bit like you, you know pouring uh, pouring oil from one bottle to another what's it been in the original bottle has to spill over and for most people, what happens is they then start to identify back with that again and they go back to their old ways mm-hmm. uh, and that's the bit that's the missing link from most teachings is well how, how do you transcend? The fears and the doubts and the old conditioning when it comes up because it has to come up in order to be replaced. Right, uh, and that's what is typically brushed under the carpet. That, that's the tricky part. It's well, a, it's only tricky if it's brushed under the carpet. It's right. not tricky if you. It's not so tricky if you're aware of what, what needs to, what, what goes on, what's going on. But, uh, but
0: but as you said, that's why so often change doesn't take hold
1: yes yes uh,
0: you are you, not there as the default it's not a new default
1: yeah and you're also it's people are mostly coming at it without an understanding of who they really are uh, right. that for me that is the that is the golden key not, not just because it supports us to create the change we want but it supports us to get what we really want which is to be happy i i, I, I have no no qualms in Saying to, I don't know how many people will listen to this, Al, or whatever, but you know, I was, a, I, I, I was. The reason I got to this was I, I spent most of my life being depressed.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I was running a business to the outside world. It looked like you know I had it all. I had lovely home, family, three kids, nice cars, business, all this. But I, I was like seriously depressed. So, um,
0: and, what, and what I mean, I, I'm not saying just you, but what, a lot of people are in that situation. They have all the things that, as you say, from people looking at them, they go, oh, "They, they have everything. They've it all going on. They're super successful yeah. in this, that, and the other." And yet, they're sitting there going, "Why am I not appreciating this? Why am I not finding meaning in this?"
1: You know? Yes, because they're consumed by the consumed by the contents of their experience, and that's never going to give us the happiness. We we really only find happiness when we connect back to who we are. You know, it's why people do these extreme sports, Al. It's why people get drunk on a Friday night. Yeah, uh, no objections to that. I do a bit of that myself from time to time. But, um, (laughs) you know, it it takes us, it's state-altering. Yes, of course. (laughs) People are trying to get back to to who they are. We can do that. We can do that. We can have that. We've got access to that 24-7. Amazing.
0: amazing stuff rob um we we could talk for another hours <laughs> hours <laughs> and could. hours we could uh but we we better not but we'll pause it there so yeah so you have an interesting weekly email newsletter
1: i do uh, yep I do. i've
0: been reading and listening now to them and just to, to say they're a little bit different from a lot of people's newsletters. There's there's a practicality to them. There's an application to them. There's uh, I, I thoroughly recommend them. Is it just easiest for people to go to com to, to sign up? Yeah, for that, I, th-
1: I think so, Al. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you can sign up uh, or there's a subscribe thing on my on my website so and then you get added in and you get it's every Saturday or Sunday I send them out
0: and uh, as I said Um, I speak from experience that last time you sent a few sound audio recordings as well uh, that were very interesting so so I thoroughly recommend that anyone who's enjoyed this conversation wants to learn more about Rob's work and Rob's approach uh, a great first step is to get on that that email list the other is to just reach out and see and uh, see if you can have a conversation. So, anything else
1: you'd like to add just before we we start? Uh, no, just to say just to say thank you. I appreciate we went off in various directions there, but I loved every minute of it. So, thank you for the opportunity. And um, well, thank um, you.
0: No, as I said, and, and thank you for being so grateful with your your thoughts and your work and your approach. That I've touched, as I'd imagine a lot of people have those moments of doing similar or in the vicinity of what you're talking about, but uh, can't do it at will. <laughs> so it's yes. been quite fra- fascinating and also previously frustrating. Um, but yes, excellent stuff. Well, look, thank you so much, Rob. Thanks, Al. Uh,
1: much thank appreciated. You.
0: And have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks Thanks for being on the show. Cheers. Thank you. Bye.